It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Deus. Right before we went live, uh, we, we, we decided we were going to call a segment tonight, F This Stuff. Uh, I can't cuss it that early on in the show. But, but you can get the general sense of, of where we are right now. We are literally recording while the fourth quarter of the Lakers game is going on. We were going to record. I'm in charge of the postgame wrap-up tonight on Silver Screen and Roll. So we were going to record later tonight. But because the Lakers uh, showed very obviously the impact of all these trade rumors, we, uh, we are going to record right now. Uh, that, so basically, this first segment, we're going to talk about that impact and, and basically a sledgehammer being taken to the culture uh, uh, around the Lakers. Uh, and then in segments two and three, we'll talk about Pete is still optimistic that a that a deal can get made i went on that, that is not the word i would use oh. uh optimistic i i think a deal will get made i, I would not say i'm optimistic hey, okay all right all right all right <laughs> there's a there's a distinct, just to clarify yes. there's a distinct difference there so so we will uh we will talk about that that'll be segments two and three i went on uh espn radio out there in new orleans or in baton rouge today and said that i didn't think a, a deal was going to get done and i still feel that way so we have plenty to talk about still. I want to start with this culture stuff. Uh, when when LeBron was first brought on, we were told he was going to be patient. He wanted he wanted to see these kids grow. He wanted to see uh, he wanted to, to to help the Lakers be sustainable beyond his time as a Laker. Uh, a groin injury 
has since apparently changed his thoughts on the matter. And uh, he's perfectly okay with doing everything he possibly can, not even short of not giving a single fuck on, on, in, in tonight's game, in last night's game. Uh, so I wanted to start there. I wanted to start with what was it like for you, Pete, to watch the Lakers very obviously showcase the effect that all this has had on them? I don't think I've ever felt more disappointed in the Lakers as a franchise as, as I do right now. Like they've had bad seasons. We had years where we had, you know, Jordan Hill and Wesley Johnson and all of that. But, but how they those years, like we knew they were going to be bad. Right. <laughs> and it was not like they weren't committing seppuku in the process, right? Like they were just bad. The mm-hmm. roster was bad. They hadn't drafted particularly well for a few years and they were paying the price of that. So much of what I feel is going on right now is self-inflicted and has been absolutely terribly handled regardless of whether a deal goes down or not. Right? Like that isn't even really the point at this point. Um, and like every guy on the court with the exception of LeBron and, and maybe JaVale McGee, has been traded in the media in the last couple mm-hmm. of days. And it's not even like, like it's very obvious. Brad Turner is coming from magic's point of view. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, even the versions that aren't by Woj that aren't by other people outside, even the magic Johnson version is I'm sending everybody. Yeah. Basically. Right. Right. And so like, of course, when you get out onto the court and, and play and try to be together and like Luke Walton isn't a perfect coach, but what an absolute dog crap situation to put a coach in. There's no coach that can succeed in this type of environment as well. So like everybody, like we've mentioned this, but like, I think Luke sat down this whole pace game yeah you know (laughs) like i i was thinking about ways that luke could actually get people to to try hard and 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 buy in on whatever time they might have left as lakers and i was legitimately thinking like if i was luke i'd walk into the locker room and i would tell (laughs) i would tell those guys some of those guys i'd be like hey Magic wanted me fired too. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're in this together, we, us we, against we, him. Yeah, I can relate, guys. Let's 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 try to rally around each other. And 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 hell, I don't. He would never do this. But but LeBron, you want me fired too? You, I could say the same thing as your teammates over here. And 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 the 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 point of that isn't to say that that's that's a way he should approach the situation. It's to highlight how effed up this situation is. Like, there's no way none of these guys can function as 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 things currently sit, and and yet they have to. And and what we get is a thirty point drudging by 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 the at the hands of an Indiana Pacers team that doesn't even have Victor Oladipo. Right. I, I mean, I feel like any team in the NBA would have waxed the Lakers tonight. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, it's just Yeah. This is this is the environment that's been created. If a deal doesn't go down, like it's not I I don't see it being something where it just oh it just goes away, right? Yeah. Like oh the trade deadline's gone now. Let's all pull together, it's, guys. It's not, really, it's not like, even if, on, it, man. if the if the trade deadline passes and these guys are still Lakers, it won't be because the Lakers decided no, that's it, we're backing off. It's right. because New Orleans said, No, 
your garbage package, the, this package that we still consider garbage, isn't good enough for us. And therefore, we had you guys wanting to the very end. And those guys who are in that locker room right now are saying, man, they really don't want us here. Man, he, he specifically, number 23 over there, does not want me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to also talk about, uh, before we we have a, another minute here or so, uh, but you, you kind of alluded to it. it. This is the kind of thing that ends seasons. I don't know if they come back from this. It, yeah. it, it, wow. it, I don't know how these things look. And you and I have talked a little bit about you know playoffs and, and postseason and, and those kinds of hopes. I don't know if they make it if, if this is how things are going to go for the rest of the year. No, this... This Anthony, the only way that it could be resolved is for the trade to go down. Yeah, and it's not just on the basis of Anthony Davis's talent. And Anthony Davis is a wonderful yes. player. He's a superstar. And there's an argument to be made that the Lakers should trade everything if they absolutely have to, mm-hmm. because the hardest thing to do in the NBA is to get that superstars guy. to get superstars. Mm-hmm. And they've got LeBron to get a second guy. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, and I certainly don't like how they've negotiated it up to yeah. this point. Um, but it, there's an argument to be made that you you do this. That's the only way that air can be cleared in that if this doesn't go through, like how invested are these guys going to be for right. the rest of the season, especially like, especially oh, we're just going to go through this over. Like, I'm not going to, if I'm Lonzo, am I going to, you know, really rush to get back to for this playoff push now i'm gonna try and get right and and you know they're about to send me to somewhere that i don't want to go i i think that part of it's probably overplayed i don't think lonzo has a ton of leverage and lavar going on you know different programs and whatnot i don't think that matters that much um but yeah i i mean like there's not going to be any investment from these guys for the rest of the year if the trade doesn't go down especially these guys who are on the expiring deals those guys aren't give a, those guys aren't going to give a single like not a single one. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick second here. When we come back, I want to talk about that negotiating thing. And something happened today that really highlighted what I think Magic has done wrong all along in his in his tenure at, from a negotiating standpoint. Uh, so we're going to get to that here in a second. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The Lakers have publicly negotiated now two, maybe three deals with guys who were at one point linked to the Lakers organization, Paul George in Indiana, 
Kawhi Leonard in, in San Antonio. To a lesser extent, Jimmy Butler in Minnesota, that was never particularly, that never felt particularly realistic. Um, and then now with, with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. All of those negotiations, right from the onset, were very public. We knew immediately that those teams were talking. We knew how they were talking, frustrations from both sides, all of that stuff. And and to me, like that's not how transactions usually happen in the NBA. That's they usually go down with a lot of back-channeled communication, and then they happen a lot faster than you think because of how little of the communication, how little of the process you watched from the very get-go. And I thought the fact that former Lakers executive Mitch Kupchak was able to go out there and acquire Mark Gasol for a first. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Malik Monk and and expiring to, to get him. Uh, I don't know what exactly the, the, the trade might look like, but the fact that we saw that kind of take place and and have it very have very little of it known publicly from from the get go to whatever it might look like when it gets made. I I'm not saying that the Lakers shouldn't have fired Mitch Kupchak. I those those Timothy Moskov and Luol Deng contracts were the end of him. Period. Uh, I'm just saying that the noted difference here is something that that I couldn't help but notice. Did you would you would you roll with at least? Noticing that Magic should maybe dial it back in terms of telling the media about every step of a negotiation he's going with. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, like Mitch and Jim needed to go in large part because yes. of Yang and Mozgov contracts. I am curious what the dynamic was. I, I feel like... I feel like Kupchak got tied into Jim Buss at some point, and people forget that Mitch Kupchak made a lot of moves for the Lakers organization mm-hmm. that worked out. You know, the Powell trade. Uh, he was the one who ended up moving, I think, Eddie and Eldon for Glenn Rice, and then that turned into Horace Grant. Um, but he helped steward the. He helped steward a lot of good Lakers basketball mm-hmm. and was very professional about how he did it with Dang and Mozgov. Remember Jim Buss, which is funny because magic has done the same thing, put himself on a timeline as we are going to be back in the Western conference finals by this date. Mm-hmm. The Lakers had a ton of money to spend in a market where the cap had gone up for everybody. And so Everybody was getting overpaid. I think they got anxious. Part of this is the star chasing that the Lakers have been doing since 2014. Mm-hmm. When you're perpetually punting cap space for, oh, maybe this guy is going to sign with us, you never have a chance to actually build a team. It's either that star, rookies, or guys on one-year type of deals. And that's what I miss about Mitch. I know I've gone off on a bit of a tangent yeah. on, that's not entirely tied to Mitch, Mitch Kupchak, but... I miss the Lakers building a team. Like when they signed Shaq, they moved. They had they had a team in place. They had a bunch of guys that you know. A it was a, a young, fun team, first, second round team. And then when Shaq became a possibility, Jerry West traded Vlade for. We think of it now as for Kobe, right? But he made that trade to clear space to get to get Shaq along with loving Kobe. Right. But the, the functional purpose in the short term of that trade was clear space for Shaq traded George Lynch along with picks for nothing. Anthony Peeler, same thing to the Vancouver, or I think they were, yeah, the Vancouver Grizzlies at the mm-hmm. time, they cleared space. Wrecked my life at the time. Right. <laughs> I was so, so bummed. 
the, the reason I bring that up is that I feel like the Lakers can build a team and if a second guy wants to be a part of this, then yeah, you can make deals in the off season to clear some space for that. Right? Like that's not the end. That's not particularly hard to get to that cap space open. West did it in, in 96. All of this has been so mismanaged and mishandled that you end up in this situation. And part of it is what you're saying about the negotiations being so public. Mm-hmm. It's it's just been it's been tough to watch. It's been tough to watch, and and it's why I was a little nervous having a, a front office that had zero NBA experience in this in this a- a- aspect of the league. You have Magic, who is a player and an all timer. One of my legitimate, probably legitimately my favorite Laker of all time. Right. Great, 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 great player. Rob Palinka, great, 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 great agent. Very good at what he did and and fleeced the Lakers, quite frankly, in, in, in that last Kobe Bryant deal. Um, so both those guys were very good at what they did before they came to the Lakers, but we, we didn't know how they were going to function as a part of the Lakers in, in this type of in, – in, in having this type of experience or not having any of it. And I think what you've seen over these last couple negotiations is – that lack of experience has really come back to bite them. This lack of experience and 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 like, look, I I, I get it. I get it that that the Lakers star chase. That's what they do. That's what they've done. Like you said, since 2014. But it's going to rub teams the wrong way when you very publicly say like, oh yeah, I want Paul George. Oh yeah, I want <laughs> I want Anthony Davis. It's going to make it more difficult to sit at the negotiating table with those guys because there's going to be a grudge that they bring into it. And and what we're seeing is a combination with Anthony Davis um, and previously with Paul George, where owners don't like being told by the people who work for them to send me to that city. So you have that going into it uh, before you even get to the specific team. Uh, and then you add to that the Lakers very openly and brazenly saying, I want that star and and making no qualms about wanting that person. And then the way that Rich Paul has handled the situation from his side of things with Anthony Davis is going to further uh, hurt any type of of possibility of, of seeing eye to eye in these negotiations. And what you have right now is a a New Orleans team that knows it has all the leverage because it knows the Lakers are so desperate for Anthony Davis and they hold all the cards right now. And even if the Lakers make this trade, it's going to be an overpay. It's going to be. See, I don't agree that New Orleans holds all of the cards. I think how the Lakers have negotiated this has put it within that sort of framework. Like the Pelicans just got a trade demand from the best player that they've had. And he wants out and and he's, only willing to re-sign long-term in a few places. He's hardly the first guy to make a demand like this. The Lakers were so thirsty and desperate, though, that their early-on offers were like, okay, yeah, like how quick did they get to, yeah, we'll give you Lonzo, we'll give you Brandon, and we'll give you Kuzma, and we'll give you two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. That, that was the case over the weekend where they were at. And if you're New Orleans— you're going to keep, just keep with your hand out until somebody finally says no. Right. When you go into negotiations acting desperate like that, Lakers shouldn't. the Lakers are only in a point of weakness if you look at it through a star-chasing type of lens, right? Mm-hmm. They've got LeBron James, they've got several good young players, and they've got cap space, right? They got whooped by 42. They ended up losing 136 to 94 in this game, right? But when this team is right, when this doesn't have all of this garbage— 
around it. This is a, a mid, like a four or five seed in the mm-hmm. West. It's not a great team, but it's a good team. I, I don't buy the idea that like Lakers are in this desperate position where they absolutely have to make a trade. If they don't end up getting Anthony Davis, like that, that's fine. There right. are going to be other guys and it doesn't always have to be the star chasing. You don't always have to get the max guy or instead we're going to sign all of these guys on one year deal type of type of things. So I don't even agree with that premise, but in terms of your concern about inexperience, how is it like there, there's, it's, it's certainly not new in the NBA that a former great player fails at being a great coach or being a great executive or a former great coach like mm-hmm. Phil Jackson doesn't do well as an executive. Yep. Why, why does that happen? To me, it's somebody misevaluating what their talents are and like what they're famous for and, and what they're special for. Like I've had a few friends like, Oh, I can't believe Magic's like doing all of this himself and isn't like listening to the scouting department or listening to people that work for him. And I'm like, this dude has his statue outside of the building. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's going to handle it differently than his business ventures or the Dodgers, right? Like he is no we know who Magic Johnson's name is because of basketball. And I think what happens with people like that is that they mistake their ability to do some one element of basketball to be great at that. Phil Jackson was this way too and say, Oh, well, I can wake up in the middle of the night and watch this college game and be like, oh, yeah, I like this kid that I've seen on TV and then override your entire scouting department Mm -hmm. as a result of that. Right. and, And that's what I think happens to those. And I don't need to put in all of the time that I need to put in in doing my job. And what ends up happening is other people. So like negotiating, for example, we don't know Magic Johnson's names because of his skills as a negotiator. Yeah. Right. And so when he puts himself in this position where I'm going to be taking the lead of being the negotiator on this, the leaks to Brad Turner make this obvious that this is magic driving the bus and not really Rob Polinka, at least in terms of, like I can't speak to their. There was even the report that there was even the report that they're ignoring Rob Polinka's calls and only specifically talking to magic. That's for so, a reason. <laughs> so, so if Magic does not have operational experience and negotiate negotiating experience, he has business experience, but in other respects, mm-hmm. like the people who do have that, how do you think they're looking at Magic? They want in on that, man. Yeah, they're looking barbecue they're looking chicken to use Shaq's that's, phrase. <laughs> that's that's a mark right there. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't mean that magic can't be great at being an executive, but he cannot be great at being an executive if he's not clear with himself on what he's good at and what he's not. He what he's good at is the cool kids want to hang out with him. And I don't mean to to make that sound like it's unimportant. It is the most important important. thing in the NBA. To get LeBron James and to get a guy like Anthony Davis wanting to be here. It is the most important thing. It does not mean that every element of what it means to be an executive is something that he's equipped with and that he should be taking the lead on. And that's where I think all of this is going astray. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It, it to me is the difference between an all-time great coach and a really, really good coach is their ability to work hands-off and understand their own shortcomings and hire people to fill in those holes. Yes. And, and and I think what we're finding out here with Magic is that he is learning probably the hard way that he needs to be able to figure out what he's bad at, what he isn't as good at, and then find hire people to fill in those holes and allow them to do so. Because in theory, 
That's what Mitch, well, that, that's what Rob Polinka would be able to do is these types of negotiating. That's what that's what he made his name being able to do is negotiate. And, and the fact that, you know, he hasn't given the opportunity to do that is is not great for the Lakers. Uh, I want to take a, a quick second here and pay a couple bills. And when we come back, though, I want to talk to you, Pete, why you about why you think a deal still gets made. Because and and maybe you can convince me. I don't. I'm not particularly. Uh, well, neither of us are optimistic, but I don't think a trade is going to happen. Uh, so I, I want to see why you think it still might. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Make me feel a little bit better because we've reached a point where the situation is such a shit show that I, I just want it to be able to, to at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel that the Lakers might be able to walk away with Davis. See, I, I wouldn't describe it as that because I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. This offer is insane. Yeah. We it, It's been out in the public. What happens with, with bits of information, at least this is just my observation, is that when you get enough people to talk about something that a, as a possibility, it starts to become normal. It starts to, to, to become normalized. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh, well, you know, then now the Pelicans are going to counter offer. No, dude. Like. Look at what Kevin Garnett was traded for. Kevin Garnett, in his prime, was traded to the Celtics for Al Al Jefferson, Jefferson. Gerald Green, Ryan Gomes, Sebastian Telfair, Theo Ratliff, and two 2009 first-round picks. I believe that was the trade. And was the only guy in that Celtics package that was comparable in value to what Lonzo Brandon and Kuzma are now. Gerald Green was, I think, the 17th pick in the draft, straight from high school guy. Mm-hmm. He scored five or six points per game as a rookie. He was not like this particularly highly regarded prospect at the mm-hmm. time of the trade. Same Very with Ryan. Same with Ryan Gomes. Theo Ratliff was an older player that was thrown in for salary ballast. And then they had two first round picks involved in that as well. So we're talking like three guys relative to the one main piece, which was Al Jefferson and then two picks and then along with two picks as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And then and then the report that came out from Brad Turner today is that the Lakers relented and they'd be fine with Josh Hart, too. And it beats Zubats, too. And like, holy crap, man. Like, so to me, this offer is so crazy that that's why I think it gets done. I think all this has been has been the Pelicans looking to bleed the Lakers dry. <laughs> and yeah. like like just keep saying, yeah, keep saying no, we want more, more keep keep negotiating with your handout until the other team says, 
okay, no, that's where my line is. And like, they're, they're well into getting a win territory. If the, the Pelicans are freaking crazy, if they wait until the summer to do this, when they have this deal in a, I know Jason Tatum is the second coming of Jesus Christ or something like that, but he, like he's the, the notion that this, they're going to beat this Lakers package over the summer is crazy to me. And that's why I think a deal gets done. And that's why I don't necessarily feel good about it or that it's good news. I still think Mike Prada, who uh, works for 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 SB Nation, um, sent out a tweet that I, I thought captu- encapsulated the problem yeah. pretty well. And he said that it's it's not necessarily about comparing the Lakers' offer or the Lakers' prospects to Jason Tatum or anything like that. It's that. The, the New Orleans Pelicans are trading Anthony Davis to the team that he wants to be traded to and mm-hmm. and are facilitating a trade that right from the get-go they were screwed on in, in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, I agree with most of that. I, I, I agree with the vast majority of that. And, and it's why I still don't think... Like this, this isn't a logical thing. I don't think with Dell Demps at this point. I don't think he's thinking of this like from a logical standpoint. Anybody who's willing to to hope that Danny Ainge does them a solid at the end of the season is not <laughs> thinking of things from a logical perspective. That's not how things usually go. Yeah. I- I don't think Dempsey is the one that's driving this, but I do agree with the notion that, and and I could see the idea that New Orleans is just like we're not going to trade him to the Lakers, they, and we're just going to string you along. Yeah, we're going to string you along. And so I actually hope that's what it is to save the damn Lakers from themselves. Yeah, Be- because like this offer is crazy; it, it's too much. And again, I understand the argument that this is the hardest thing to do if you can get an Anthony Davis, but no, like this is poor negotiation. You do not have to pay this sort of price for a year and a half worth of a guy. And now if they are in that place where we're just not going to trade him to the Lakers, they're going to be doing that at, at an extraordinary cost to their organization. Yeah, that's how I said it today on on, and that's how I've said it all week. Is that this is not some this is a gamble. Like passing up on this opportunity is is a huge gamble because again, if Danny Ainge does exactly what we all know Danny Ainge is going to do, they're screwed. If New York doesn't land the top lottery pick, they're screwed, right? Because Oh, and 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 sure, you can try to convince yourself that maybe uh, they they make they make something work with with the Clippers or with the Bucks, and and they facilitate uh, Davis's interest in in being in those places long term. Which fine, possibly, but what assets do those teams have to offer that are anywhere near what the Lakers are currently offering? And and so it, it's just all it boils down to is. Are the Pelicans willing to make Davis happy, and and I and especially in regards to owners, and and when you start dealing with both, the entire purpose of becoming a billionaire in in the United States is so that you become untouchable. Nobody ever gets to tell you what you what you have to do, and in this case, you have somebody who works for you, telling you, no, 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 you have to send me to the Lakers, and. And or in in Paul George's case, same thing. You have to send me to the Lakers. Uh, in Kyrie Irving's case, you have to send me to the Knicks. In Jimmy Butler's case, you where where did he want to get sent to? The Clippers, right? I think it was the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, you want You have to send me to the Clippers as well. And all of these owners kind of looked at these guys and said, "No, 
No, I don't. <laughs> I very much don't. And and we'll see what that winds up doing for those teams as as their returns come full full circle. And in this case, passing up on the Lakers offer is one is is a move that you could look down the the line at and you say yeah, the, the the ability to to tell somebody what they actually have to do that costs you pretty pretty heavily, it, and and it very well very well may end up that way. Um, the Lakers are one of the few teams that are on the receiving end of those demands, right? Mm-hmm. Of the I want to go to the Lakers as opposed mm-hmm. to from, and I understand the resentment that could be in place from the other leagues or from the other teams around the league. Um, the Lakers still have not handled that particularly well. No. Right. And yeah, like, yeah, they're going to be, heck, I like the idea of players taking control of like the power that they have. Mm-hmm. That That's a good thing. I think for the league, for our society to see people like to, in positions like that, taking control, the Lakers have not taken advantage of that in they've gone way too far to the, okay, we're just going to wait for somebody else to say yes. And somebody else to walk in. And now it's like, Oh, we like the logical thing to do is wait for Anthony Davis in 2020. What's LeBron going to do. Right? Like if LeBron forces a a trade and doesn't want to be here anymore, like, okay. You know, like the, the Lakers are selling their soul, man. Yeah, if maybe it's already been done, but oh, it very clearly has. <sighs> like the way that they've just walked Luke Walton out on this plank and and are you know essentially they, they he has a foot out the door. Like the way that he's just kind of sitting there and 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 is sitting back while while this season kind of crumbles around him tells me, look, man, I did everything I possibly could, and I was given I was given this. Right. And that, these, these were also guys like a guy like Luke Walton. How many NBA organizations has he been been a part of? Yeah. He's the son of an NBA player. He's been around what the NBA is like his whole life. To a guy, so to a guy like him, he knows what it's supposed to be like. What an NBA team is supposed to run like. Even if he's not doesn't know how to coach a team to an NBA championship, he knows what it's like to be around a really good team. Uh-huh. And this ain't it, man. No. This is not how it's supposed to go. So yeah, he's just sitting there chilling on his seat. Like if if he's at the DGAF point of things, like can I really blame him? No, I and, and that's and that's for the players too. This is bullcrap, man. It's a bunch of bullcrap. Yeah, I I completely agree. I completely agree. We'll see how things go. We have another show before the actual trade deadline comes and and hits us. Right now, the Lakers. They put out literally every chip on the table, and even if they acquire Anthony Davis, like this is this, this is the thing that I've been nervous about all day. Is like I've always kind of laughed at the notion of, oh uh, well, you acquire Anthony Davis and 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 you won't have a point guard, right? They're going to give up Lonzo and Rondo, and they won't have a point guard. And I've always thought like, well, okay, but any veteran is going to sign up to ring chase, and 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 you can figure things out from there. But my concern is if you if you move four draft picks, that means you cannot move a draft pick for basically the, a first round draft pick for basically the next decade. And if you have a contract that doesn't work out in your in your favor, if you have uh, if if a a candidate 
is is being sold off at the deadline. That's another asset you won't be able to utilize when you're when you're improving your team during midseason and stuff like that. All those options go out the window with the amount of assets the Lakers are moving here. And and for for Magic and for Rob Polinka and 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 for a Lakers organization that hasn't shown a very good ability to think think outside the box. That makes me nervous. Not having any of those assets at their disposal to be able to figure things out on the peripherals here, that makes me nervous. And and it's something that's it, there are gambles both way now here, and and we'll see how things go. Here's the thing, man. Like my expectation of what Magic and Palinka would be able to be capable of is to be really good at the big stuff. Mm-hmm. And they got LeBron, big stuff, right? Big stuff. This is also a big thing, right? I, you know, like, like one story that popped up this week that we haven't talked about because of all of the other stuff, like, why are we interested in Jabari Parker? (laughs) Like, do we go after guys because we know how famous they are? Right. Like the Lakers are not a type of team that goes after like a Garrett Temple, right? A guy who's just a good, solid dude who not a lot of fans know who he is. But if you actually watch the game, you're like, that, that dude like is a contributing rotational player. I mean, his type of guy, right? Like a Jabari Parker was the second pick in the draft. He can put the ball in the bucket. He's got a big name relative to other guys you might, might get, but like that doesn't surprise me. That totally fits a guy like magic Johnson, who to me, like all of this, he so badly wants to recreate what he had with him and Kareem, where the older star superstar starts to fade away as the younger guy starts to take over the mantle for him. That was magic and Kareem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he is not doing a good job on the big thing here. And that's, what's most disappointing to me, them not operating well around the margins. It's, it, it bothers me, but it's not like, it's not unexpected. This is what he's supposed to be good at is the ability to get that second guy. And it's funny how they've been able to change the narrative for the second, from the second max free agent. Yeah. on And on top of, what we already have to, we're going to give up all of the, you know, how much bullshit basketball we've had to watch over the last five years, Anthony, <laughs> to build all this, to build what, and it's not like, it's not the greatest young core that the league has ever seen. I'm not saying that, but all of the suffering and all of the BS as a fan that it's been over the last five years for him to snap his fingers, like he's friggin' Thanos and then delete it all for Anthony Davis. And we're just supposed to like ignore the fact that it was supposed to be two free agents. Yeah. And now we're giving up everything to get that second guy. Why? Because did you miscalculate the market for the max free agents? Is that what happened? Paul, you thought Paul George was coming and he's not, or you thought that you were going to get Kevin Durant and Kawhi and now you don't feel so good about it. So now you got to trade everything. We're just supposed to look the other way because you've got Anthony Davis at the end of this. Fuck that. No, that's, that's the thing here that people, I haven't seen enough people connect the dots on is that he is this desperate for the second star to come this way. That should be kind of sort of telling, like the fact that he's willing to take on money and 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 take on Solomon Hill. We uh, didn't even talk about that. Right. Like the, ah! the fact that he's willing to take on money, like that should single, signal to people, no, he was, he, things are lined up for him to potentially strike out in free agency. And, and he's going to fill that cap right now with something that he wasn't going to be able to use anyway. Like that, that's concerning. Guys, like he was going to make the Lakers great again, and 
and it's not going in that direction. Um, all right, we got to get out of here. This was a, a little bit longer of a show, but we have the the, the NBA's trade deadline. Trade deadline is is coming up. We'll see how things go. As always, if something crazy happens, I will hop on here and record some kind of emergency podcast. For now, though, have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks, Pete. Let's uh, let's uh, kumbaya. I guess I, I'm gonna go eat. I need food. I need to drink. <laughs> Bye, guys. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 